video. It's the only way to get what you want to watch when you want Hello, to watch. my name is Justin McClure, and I'm here today with... Mark Hansen. And you're listening to the Bay Street Video Podcast, where we go through all the new Blu-ray and DVD releases. DVD, DVD. Every week. <laughs> this is our curse. <laughs> we have to go through it. So, uh, it's a very light week. Um, it is, it is. But it, we are missing a lot of things as a disclaimer. Mm. A, a lot of our product tends to show up late from time to time. Yeah, so. there's a bunch of Severn titles, yeah. like big limited editions. Yeah, and we'll be wading into the Kino Lorber pool again soon, but... Uh, no Kino's on know, here! I know, I know, because they're all late up? right now. Oh, to oh, like no. a car crash? Well, yeah. <laughs> Someone's like, I can't let Stakeout oh, know, come right. out! <laughs> Actually, Stakeout has not come out on Kino, much to the right, horror yeah, I know. of some of my uh, Twitter angry. followers. Yeah, I'm sending angry letters <laughs> as we speak. Well, it, I heard that because those are like touchstone titles, and Disney's like, no more releases of movies of these films. Which is weird, because, yeah, another Stakeout was also a touchstone title, mm. so and they have that catalog. Aspen Extreme, <laughs> yeah. with a touchstone title. And maybe Kino or like Disney's like we're waiting for Criterion to give yeah, us a call to put out a stakeout. <laughs> so you can have another stakeout. We're going to be um, doing something special. We'll be each recommending five horror films after we talk about all these new movies. Of course, it's that time of the year. Yep, it's time to get spooked. Mm-hmm. Have you started or picked any like themes that you want to do uh, this month? Or you're like just Not whatever really. horror. Honestly, film. I just take a bunch of stuff out at random. <laughs> I have no rhyme or reason towards it. Like, yeah, I've started watching some horror stuff, um, but there's, yeah, there's no, I don't follow any, like, challenges yeah. or anything. No, that's too hard. It's I too was hard like, and I do, what I, if I watched movies that I liked yeah, exactly. for Halloween? I'm just like, what have I not seen yet that I've always wanted <laughs> mm-hmm. to see? That's kind of where I go. Do you go do your yearly um, stack of those killer doll movies? What, are they, what is it called again? <laughs> the Robert. Yeah, the Robert film. <laughs> it's a yearly tradition. A yearly you, tradition. You yeah. watch all seven of, course, of them. I mean, Bay course. Street just got a new Robert film in, didn't we you? We did. Robert and the Toy Maker, which um, is quite good, actually. It, it's <laughs> no. a pretty. All right, if no one has listened to this podcast before, Robert is not good. <laughs> well, in the Robert canon, it's quite good, I it's guess. It's quite good. So okay. these are killer doll movies. And then this the third one. It's the origin film. So kind of like how Annabelle had the origin one. Uh, aren't you what talking about that? Puppet Master or 3? Pu- yeah, Toulon's Puppet Revenge? <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry to offend Puppet Master fans out there. Uh, but this it, one. Is it a Nazi-based it film? Is. So <laughs> of going back. it is. So Robert began in World War II, mm-hmm. Nazi Germany. And basically, this movie is like what Inglorious Bastards would be, like Quentin Tarantino. If it was puppets? If it was a haunted doll movie. Wait, they so. They literally, it, you could tell they watched Inglorious Bastards and they <laughs> loved it. And they're like, we want to make this, but with a haunted doll. Like the opening sequence is the same opening sequence. Really? Did they get yeah. Adam Sandler for their version of the movie, or is it Eli Roth again? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Well, I'm excited. So it's actually fun. The second one is kind of like dreary, mm. like boring, but this one really amps it up again. He's got some puppet friends to yeah. help him out too. Is he a good? So, so he's a good guy. In this he actually one. turns into a good guy in this one. Wow. Which is interesting. He starts off as a bad guy. Mm. But so anyways, it this is our podcast, Space Three yeah. Video. Our one recommendation: Robert and Robert the Toy Maker. And the Toy Maker. It's the third one in the series. There yeah. are more. You don't need to watch the other ones. Though. Yeah, you know what? Just you can even start with this one. It's fine because right? it's an origin story. You watch yeah, that yeah, exactly. So, uh, as far as big box sets this week, we have He-Man, Master of the Universe, and She-Ra, Princess of Power. Shows yeah. that I never watched because yeah. I was too young. Same here. <laughs> so, But they are but very popular know, yes. for people that are older than us. <laughs> yeah, my girlfriend's a huge She-Ra fan. So, I know like people of our age mm. did grow up with this stuff. I have were they in friends. syndication? Because I never saw them. I don't yeah. know, I have friends that also were into them. So... I don't know. I I know they've been out of print for a long time, Mm -hmm. so this is kind of a big deal that they're out again. And they were released in like, yeah, yeah, 1.2 box sets and stuff like that. It was impossible to get the full complete seasons. And man, they were really knocking them out like in the last few weeks because there was like Scooby-Doo. And now you have He-Man and She-Ra in complete series sets. Mm -hmm. Uh, He-Man is interesting because while it was made from a toy company, it still had like really good writers like Paul Dini. He went to go work on Batman the Animated Series. So like in the episodes that are just fillers, there's actually some interesting ones like scattered throughout. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we also have a Peanuts box set that's we coming do, out. The, yeah. an, the anniversary holiday collection. The 70th anniversary. Uh, that's a very weird. I okay, know. sure. Well, <laughs> it seems like every Christmas they put a new Peanuts box set mm-hmm. out to like just capitalize on the holidays and it always has like yeah. three big specials and then maybe a few the like, three the so ones. it's it's Christmas, Christmas and it's Great Pumpkin, Great Pumpkin and, and Thanksgiving is Thanksgiving a big one? I don't know if it's a big one but I and then there's like included in the this. other like 30 ones yeah, like a bunch of Christmas a bunch. ones and there's a bunch of new ones they keep making really? new versions of these did you see the Peanuts movie? 
I did not. No, was yeah, people good? said it was good. Yeah, I heard it was good. I was never a big Peanuts fan. Okay, I, like, I really liked the comic strip. Really? I did. You're like, yeah. I am a depressed I was, child, I was, and this yeah. represents me. I was a big, I wanted to be a comic strip artist when I was a kid, and that was like... Peanuts big. was your inspiration? That I was a big inspiration. Do you still One draw? many, but I okay. do, I do, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, so. well, I'm shocked that your that doodles do not, uh, know, they're not all over Bay Street. <laughs> I haven't been as active with it as I should be. All your Peanut-inspired strips. I know. Not Calvin and Hobbes? I love Calvin and Hobbes. Okay, yeah. No, that Peanuts is one of many inspirations, mm. but uh, yeah, Hagar the Horrible. I know. I Wizard think it's because I got a book of like peanut strips mm. when I was a kid, just at like a used store yeah. or something, and uh, it just—I don't know—I just really loved the art. I loved the simplicity of it. It was just—I just thought it was really cool. I was so. obsessed with Garfield, like oh, every me kid. Too. Me too. Which yeah. is weird because you look back and you're like, "What? What did I see in Garfield?" <laughs> no, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> I prefer Garfield without Garfield now. Oh, Garfield without Garfield is <laughs> so good. If bad. anybody hasn't seen that, or you can do the Garfield without Garfield random as well where it just puts like three different yeah. strips together mm, yeah, it's beautiful preferred way of but going back to the peanut set for a sec this does come in a big house i think we so we many were talking houses about this the week. scooby-doo set a couple yeah. weeks ago that was also in a house so this comes in another collectible peanuts house type thing so oh, wait what is the house thing i don't know it's you, just, we, it's you also house. got the house of hitchcock which also <laughs> comes in a house, a house. <laughs> yeah there's a lot of houses coming out i don't know um so peanuts get your peanuts on all the specials was there any syndicated tv show for peanuts there must have been i think there yeah there was actually okay we have a dvd collection of mm. like their older syndicated yeah. show uh, which i've never seen but, yeah um, i just remember the specials when i was a peanuts kid. like garfield seems there's like 10 gags oh, and we can go back God, to the well <laughs> yeah pretty much i love Farside. That was my favorite. Oh, that's my absolute favorite, actually. And yeah. Farside has a crazy Halloween special that I don't think has ever yeah, been released yeah. anywhere no. that Gary Larson was actually involved with. No, so. I've never seen that. Yeah, Farside is, is great stuff. So, uh, I mean, if we're still on the house theme, we should talk about House of Hitchcock. We should, yeah. Um, Universal putting it out. This is like, this is I guess, every decade set. they put out the movies yeah. they own. Yeah, full disclaimer, it is kind of, they've put out many Alfred Hitchcock sets, mm-hmm. and this is kind of the same yeah. set of films. It's all the Yeah, it's it's what they own. Yeah, there it goes, rear window. But it's in a house this time, (laughs) (laughs) and it's got a holographic kind of cover where you see all like some of the characters from the movies and the windows and everything. Did they all live in the same house? They all live in the same house, apparently. Yeah, (laughs) that was a weird spin-off series. (laughs) It's a David Lynchian type. It's like a Castle Rock, that Stephen King show, where all the characters live together. Exactly. And it comes like lobby cards, and these are like real solid special editions. I believe it has all the stuff that was on there before. Yeah, documentaries, expert commentaries. There's like letters Hitchcock wrote. All the DVDs form his face if you put them on a shelf. (laughs) My one big disappointment is that it's not a cutout house, which some of the cartoons do have. I know. (laughs) Um, It's a beautiful limited edition set, Mm. though. So if you're looking for, like, an early Christmas gift to buy, like a film fan. And not even that expensive for what it is, because usually they go for way more. Because I believe, yeah, Yeah. 15 movies. So if you break it down per movie, it's real cheap. Oh, totally. (laughs) And people are like, well, I don't want Family Plot. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to get it. Yeah, the trouble with (laughs) um, hair. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna get it and you're gonna listen to those commentaries it's a lot I like it yeah. this is a box that I feel like Hitchcock would be like looking at you across the room if you like line them all up his yeah. eyes they yeah. follow me yeah Alfred Hitchcock himself is in this box mm-hmm. so, so we don't usually talk about um, 4K releases we, we don't, don't we don't have because, Blu-rays yeah. Uh, no yeah we have Blu-ray players <laughs> people are like whoa yeah, I know. <laughs> they don't who are these noobs yeah. yeah we don't have 4K players but we uh Want to talk about Gremlins because I yeah. love Gremlins. Gremlins so is good. great. It's actually been really popular on 4K too, <laughs> which I wasn't expecting. You know, 4K kind of started off slow, and, mm-hmm. but now it's getting to the point where we're selling out of like titles like crazy. Really? Now. Yeah, yeah. So I keep staring, especially classic ones at like this, uh, the so. Quick and the Dead uh, oh 4K God, release yeah. because they put deleted scenes that have never been yeah. anywhere well, else. That's the thing; they do put some extra mm. material on these that aren't on the Blu-ray release. Uh, I'm like, so, oh man, uh, is a Bruce Campbell scene included? Because he was in Quick and the Dead and they cut him out. He talks yeah. about it in his, um, I guess, If Chins Could Kill book. Yeah, and I yeah, was yeah. like, oh. And the, I think it's the um, the classic, the car that appears in all Sam Raimi's films is in it as well. Yeah. I mean, Gremlins is like the horror uh, Christmas movie. It's totally. a little too scary for kids, which is perfect because mm-hmm. kids should experience that. I know. But it's also so cute. You <laughs> yeah, know? it is. The Gremlins or the Mogwai. Did you like it as a kid? I loved it. I yeah. thought, it, yeah, I was terrified by yeah. it. But I, because they're so cute that you're like, oh, I love it. Like, And then when they're yeah. monsters... You get both things I that you know. love as a kid. And it's set during the hol- uh, the Christmas season. Yep. I wish it was set during the Halloween. 
Halloween season. I know, I know. Gremlins 3, it's right there. I know, come on, where are you? And then when you watch and love Gremlins 1, you can then move to Gremlins 2 and understand where, like, satire Which is. is. Also great. I, yeah. I mean, Gremlins 2 is so good. Uh, Gremlins 2 is one, it was weird that when I was a kid, people didn't like it, and it's found its, like, renaissance it's since yeah. then, because it's an amazing movie. I think movie. Joe Dante in general has found kind of a renaissance, I feel mm-hmm. like. He was obviously big in the <laughs> 80s, and then, you know. I'm sure if you were him, he'd be like, it, it'd be a renaissance if I got more work. Yeah, I know. That's the thing. I wish people, I wish studios would give him, like, a budget again. Yeah. I know it's just not the time. I mean, the hole that he made a few years ago is actually really it's fun, really and it's good. another yeah. kids uh, fun kids movie, too. The hole. It's and too bad the release of that got so buried. Yeah, I think it got really buried. It was, like, delayed for a long time. I saw it at TIFF. Me, too. And were you at the one where the fire alarm went off? I was. I was. I was. And I didn't see the back half for, like, ages. This is the exact same story that I had. Yeah. <laughs> I lo- and it's too bad because it was shot in 3D. And it was, and there was like they, they gave us fancy 3D yeah, glasses and everything. So cool! And then they only released it on this like shitty bare bones DVD. DVD, yeah. Like two, three years later. Or yeah, you can get the 3D version like Germany. They're yeah, big on right. 3D and stuff like that. But um, I mean, Joe Dante has an amazing podcast called "The Movies That Made Me" that he right. hosts. So yeah. if people want more podcast recommendations, check that out because it's great. And go back to the beginning because Joe Dante just geeking out with um, his co-host Josh Olson about a bunch of movies. And it's great because Joe Dante like seemingly doesn't want to be there. He's like, mm, yeah. But then he'll jump in with so much information and when a topic gets him excited, yeah. he's like all in. So I love that. Um, and in the cult section, we have The Prey from Arrow and Toys Are Not For Children. I'm actually not that familiar with both of these films. Yeah, they're smaller ones that Arrow's mm-hmm. put out. I know The Prey is kind of like it's a It's a really slasher, barely- yeah. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, kind of akin to an SOV. I don't think it was shot on no, film. No, it's, it's shot on film. It's kind of that low-budget yeah. regional kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That, uh, that looks really cool. I've seen clips from it. It looks hilarious. And so. Toys Are Not For Children is like a psychodrama that's yeah. like famously disturbing about like a, I think it's a young girl falling in love with her stepfather yeah, and yeah. like <laughs> things go from there. Yeah. I mean, Arrow's really like Arrow has no compunctions about being like, well, this movie's not famous enough. They just release everything. Crazy, yeah. And they treat it like the greatest know, movie like, ever. Whether it's like the Day of the Jackal mm-hmm. or like the Prey. They put yeah. them in the same kind of yeah. like really or cool Or like uh, they did The Slayer, like, oh, which the is Slayer, a, a, yeah. a horror film that's famous for having like a cover with like a monster on yeah. it. Like, and that monster only appears in the last 30 <laughs> seconds. The rest is like an Antonioni-esque like um, all about isolation and being trapped on this <laughs> island. Yeah. And they treated it like it has like a 90-minute documentary. Yeah. It has like three commentary tracks they remastered I love that Arrow has come a long way remember when they were doing like a crowdfunding they're like we want to come to Arrow in America we want to do like two releases and now they're doing like four seven a month what was a big deal when Mm -hmm. Arrow finally came to North America like we started seeing sales on their stuff immediately so it's like a lot of our customers were already fans of them for their they had all region players that would import their I remember that for a while like there was no Canadian distributor either right because you had to bring them in from America and they were so expensive I know I know and then finally we got Canadian Canadian distribution. Yeah. Now it's it's great. Now they're like honestly rivaling a criteria. They don't put out as much as criterion mm-hmm. in the in the um North America, but they really put the time and effort into their oh, yeah. It's just the same. And for you're like you say, it was such a wide variety of films. Yeah. You never go, it's been like the Arrow Academy. Oh, Ooh, man, so, so good. good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Criterion feels like they're coasting at this point. They're I like, know. we're a brand. We can just do whatever. I know. Or maybe they're putting all their effort in that Godzilla box set. Yeah. Coming soon. Coming <laughs> real video. soon. Yeah. So excited. Right before my it's birthday. Be um, and as far as new stuff, we have two movies that start with Anna for some reason. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's weird. The same week. Incidents, yeah. Uh, the long-delayed Anna and the Apocalypse, yeah. which is a zombie Christmas musical. Whoa, two Christmas movies! I know, this week. right? It's Christmas in October. This right? one is. I, I found it amusing. I wanted to like I it more. It yeah. yeah. Is it amusing? Okay. It, it's okay. It's like just the musical thing holds me back. I mean, you don't like I'm musicals? Not a musical. I love I musicals. I know, I'm not a musical. I love guy. them. I and I mean, they're right up there with action films with me because they both hit the same button. That's true, actually. <laughs> the issue with music, uh, the music in Anna and the Apocalypse, is that it's not very catchy, and the story that they're telling is very kind of rote mm. like it's not like pushing or going in any interesting directions yeah so that's a bummer it, it's the director was actually replaced like at the last minute by somebody really? else and okay. like when you watch a movie you're like mm, yes i can understand right it, it, it's, it, it did get a pretty big it did following like i remember the reviews being yeah and it and has all. been delayed for a long yeah, time because yeah. it was supposed to come out like two years ago and then mm-hmm. they push it back for christmas and then i don't know why they didn't release it again like last year which is what they wanted to do I don't, and even yeah with this release like, mm-hmm. it's been on digital i think for like a year yeah now. Very long time. Yeah, taken, so. I just thought it wasn't even going to come out mm-hmm. on disc or anything, but it is finally here. Yeah, so, so if people want to check it out, I mean, it's a zombie musical set during Christmas, so mm. I mean, you get what you pay for. It's not 
bad in that yeah. sense. I guess I was just expecting a little bit more. Yeah. Give me some catchy musical <laughs> numbers. Just make me yes. Yeah. And then we have Anna, uh, directed by Luc Brasson. Yeah. Mm, Luc Brasson. Yeah. Very uh, problematic. Have you seen this one? Uh, I was I was so excited for yeah. it, and then all that Luc Brasson stuff came out, and yeah. I was like, I don't know mm. if I can. I just don't care about it. Yeah. Like, like I mean, even before that. Even before that, Luc Brasson is a guy that like. The stuff he loved, I loved too. Well, I mean, not the illegal stuff, yeah, but know, right? like, like all his like he loved Hong Kong films, yep. and the films he produced were always so much more interesting than the films he directed yeah. himself. He's a filmmaker. It's like you only have like two action scenes I in know. your movie, and when I saw the trailer for Anna, I was like, oh, tons of action scenes. No, nope. from what yeah. I hear, it's another two action scene film. So the, even the stuff that's like classic Lupasan, mm, Fan like, Nikita, yeah. yeah. Like, I would say the Fifth Element is like the only yeah, the fifth that I really love, and it's only because I saw it as a kid and I thought it was like amazing. Even when I was a kid, the fifth element really bugged me in the yeah, way okay, that okay. Um, Luc Besson structured it. It has no climax. That's true. There is there, no there's climax. There's no third act. And I was like, what is going on? And all his movies are like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I mean, I prefer when he's like really weird, like Subway mm-hmm. or uh, Le Dernier Combat. I think it's the last war in English. Yeah. His early like yeah, silent black and white one. one. Yeah. Even something like Age of Lay, I know people hate that. Like, I mean, that one has really I problematic uh, sexual politics. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I, th- I thought there was like, I don't know. I thought it was a little more interesting. You know what? I liked uh, Valerian. Yeah, uh, okay, I, I thought that one was that really yet, crazy. But, so okay, yeah, I would cool. recommend checking out that. We get one. a lot of recommends. Up, people always come in and rent that. Stuff really, Valerian is actually pretty cool. Yeah, so. I saw it in um, in theaters because he just throws everything at the screen. Okay, and again, it has no climax. It's like, yeah. what the hell's going on, Nick? I mean, I, he was lost to um, the wilds. He was making those animated films. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. I don't remember what it was called. The, um, well, he did Arthur and the Invisibles. Arthur and the Invisibles, oh, so yeah. There was another one. There was two more, there were two but they were only released yeah. direct to DVD in North America. Yeah. And then, uh, well, 100 um, sexual allegations were oh, come no, up, came up against him. Such a great film. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think the last Luc Besson film I saw was The Family. Did you ever see that? Like, yes, Robert, I did. Oh, it was I like, it's not movie. good. <laughs> <laughs> I hated the meta-ness of the Goodfellas joke. Oh. Oh, terrible. So Such a half-assed film, too. Yeah, I thought what Luc Besson's really like, filmography is, like a lot of half-assed yeah, pictures. Yeah. But we always have The Messenger, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. I haven't seen that one. You haven't? I've oh, that was a big one when one. I was a teenager. I, I, remember, I remember it well, but yeah. I just never saw it. In that wave of like post-Gladiator yeah. films, yeah, yeah. where it's like, oh, we love The Gladiator. We have to legally have to see all these other films, too. <laughs> yeah. uh, Chernobyl, the HBO miniseries, is finally uh, finally came out. Yeah. Never seen it. I hear this is a tough watch. <laughs> yes. Everybody <laughs> I took else. it home this weekend to oh, watch it, you? and I just didn't find the time. But, I mean, it's a five episode. It's short. It's short. It's like you and can, you're like, Ugh. But I hear from everybody that said it. They're like, it's amazing, but, oh, it's tough. But I've heard people say, like, I've watched it three times. What? And I'm really? like, what? <laughs> Multiple have people have told me that. Like, I was in a group, and they were, like, arguing over each other of who, who has watched Chernobyl more yeah, times. Jesus. I'm like, that's, that's very that's odd. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's strange. I mean, I'm fascinated by the Chernobyl uh, disaster. and Yeah. Me too. I, it looks it, really interesting. I'm a huge really fan cool, of The but... Identity Thief, which was written by the guy who wrote Chernobyl. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. He had like a podcast. We were talking about scripts. And what was funny is that for the longest time, I don't remember what his name is, but he's, he was the showrunner in Chernobyl. Right. He was related to like yeah, the okay. shittiest comedies, like oh, the man. worst. It's interesting that that happened. I yeah. see that happen a lot where you got like comedy writers who suddenly get like this big dramatic film. Steven Soderbergh shows. does yeah. that with them all the time. Exactly, like right? if you look, it's like uh, uh, The Nick was written by, I don't know, the guys who did Green Lantern. Right, and right. so was... Uh, uh, so it was Mosaic. It was written by like people who had done just totally, studio right, yeah. pictures. Mosaic, nobody watched that. Love that show. Yeah. Um, so check. Do you have it here? Uh, yeah, we do. Okay, so rent it at Bay Street Video. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I still haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I thought, Soderbergh I thought the concept was really interesting. Oh, you mean the uh, the, like the branching thing? People said it didn't work. Oh, it okay. felt like watching um, kind of like raw footage from a TV show. Right. And it's not like that on the DV, uh, DVD and Blu-ray. Okay. So check it out that way instead. Uh, Doom Annihilation. <laughs> We're getting to the real quality stuff. Right I was now. all for like like DTV sequels yeah. to like these kind of properties if the filmmakers could go crazy and this filmmaker from what I can tell he did not go crazy with it yeah feels real cheap a lot of people told me it feels like the first one which I'm like why such a disappointment okay (laughs) is there a bigger disappointment than seeing Doom in theaters I don't think there is honestly I I mean you and I were both really really excited for this film Um, love Doom as a video game love the Doom 2 yeah (laughs) Doom 2 let's be hell on earth fair enough yeah 
But Jesus, what a boring movie that was. Oh, the first Doom is so, like, and you have Carl Urban, you have The Rock. Um, that guy, I can't say his name, Andrej uh, uh, Bajkowiak. Yeah. yeah. He's a very boring director. Very who's, boring. The worst kind of boring director is that he's so flashy and that just adds to the, like, the tedium. He's a cinematographer, He's right? a cinematographer, and yeah. Like, Romeo sometimes must that die. Works, sometimes yeah. it nope. doesn't. Uh, John DeBont? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Great. speed. Yeah, yeah, very good. Tomb Raider, Cradle of Life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, and Doom Annihilation, it's one of those films that, like, when it was announced and the director was like, you know, we're sticking to the Doom kind of mythology. I was like, oh, this sounds good. <laughs> and then I looked at his, like, filmography and I was like, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those it's that you can tell nice. almost, like, instantly that uh, this ain't going to work. And it's yeah. exactly what everybody said it was going to be. That's what I figured. should have hired Steve yeah. Kostansky. He was dying to make yeah, a Doom right? film. That's yeah. the thing. I say get more of these kind of mm-hmm. low directors directors that have passion that are hungry kind of thing yeah exactly I'm sure this guy was passionate but I feel like he had probably been through the thresher already yeah and when you do a bunch of TV and DTV movies at an eventual point you're like alright I know how to bring these in on time and on money don't want to ruffle too many feathers mm-hmm. and I mean that's a movie that you get right at the end of the day exactly but here's a bunch of references so, to Doom in it so. it is what it is I mean it's been selling a little bit it's mm. been renting I mean there's clearly a Doom fan yeah. base out there that wants this film so maybe third time's a charm yeah, I guess you if they make a third one <laughs> yeah. If there's no, you should make the third one. I should make the third one. If there's no Wookiees throwing fireballs, I'm not interested. I would make the craziest Doom you film. Would, it would. would be like Sarge. It would just be like no name, and he just like wakes up in hell. Yeah, I just suit, go through the game. The suits at Universal would, would watch your cut. Like, no, uh, they'd be like, mm, and yeah, show you the door. <laughs> no, they'd be like, you got it, <laughs> and they give me a solid gold there rocket go. car. Yeah, yeah, there you go. They're like, we've sh- we've just been waiting for someone to figure it out. <laughs> I would give people what they want. Um, and then we have, this is a big, um, I guess, John DeLorean week because there's oh a documentary. God, How did this happen? And the biopic about him that I did not know existed because yeah. it's called Driven. I was like, the Sylvester Stallone yeah, film. Oh my God, it's getting, <laughs> is Arrow putting out a release? I like how you put 2018. Yeah, I was I like, oh. Because I knew you would think the Stallone <laughs> yeah. film. I knew when I put Driven. Never seen it. Even though oh, I'm a big Rennie Harlan dude, head. Dude, dude. You got to watch it. Uh, Rennie Harlan <laughs> is a guy that like, he, every time oh, I'm like, God, ah, God. excite me. You know what? His last one, which he made in mainland China, was fun. It's like a diehard ripoff that takes place during Christmas. It's uh, called okay. Let the Bodies Lie or something uh, like that. Okay. Or no, Bodies at Rest, I think. And it takes place in a mortuary. Okay, actually, I haven't heard Super fun. And he also made a mainland Chinese giant big budget uh, swordplay film, like a fantasy swordplay film. Okay. Which I don't remember the title. And that one tanked famously in Hong uh, Kong. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I saw Skip Trace and I was oh, like, Skip oh, Skip Trace is not that's good. That's the beginning of the end. Yeah. That's the end for me. But Mindhunters. Oh, Mindhunters is great. It's so much fun. And that's <laughs> a movie that's underrated, so uh, great because it went yeah. through years of reshooting. Oh my god, yeah. Like, it took and like four or five years. Just to make it perfect. I know. It's I such always, a great cast. I always think of the scene where they're like underwater and holding oh the guns up ahead of the water. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really like Wait, Mindhunters. So it's Val Kilmer, Christian Slater? Yep. Oh, together at last. Johnny Lee Miller. Yes. Who's really bad at it, but in a great, funny yeah. way. Uh, uh, who's a there's some woman star in it? it? I don't remember. <laughs> anyway, I check out Mindhunter. It's great. Street yeah. Video. Yeah. Everybody thinks it's horrible. It is not. It is great. not. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I mean, Rennie Harlan, like, he made Devil's Pass, which is not good. Yeah. 12 Rounds, which is not good. Yeah, People like it. One, not yeah. good. But, I mean, he always has his, cl- like, you know, prison, good horror film. Yep, yeah. No, he's not bad. I mean, I've never, like, hated Rennie yeah. Harlan. You he's know? stylish. I, he's definitely stylish. Yeah. And he's definitely got some, cl- like, Long Kiss Goodnight is kind yeah, of Yeah, Long Kiss Goodnight is great. Great script. Um, Adventures of Fort Fairlane is good because uh, Andrew Dice Clay is a piece of shit as a human being. Right. But... Rennie Harlan shoots that movie, Adventures of Fort Fairlane, which is the Andrew Dice Clay vehicle, like the craziest noir ever. Like, he treats it like a real movie. Yeah. And, like, co- comedy directors, you rarely do that. Yeah. So, that one's, that's why I would recommend. And I was looking down, I'm like, why are we talking about Rennie Harlan? Yeah, yeah. Like, well, we got way off track there. But. <laughs> uh, it's driven, driven in framing yes. uh, John DeLorean. Driven being a, I guess, forgettable biopic. Yeah, that no, I don't know. It's I got a cast. Like, uh, yeah. Jason Sudeikis. Jason Sudeikis. Yeah, like, and, and, oh, Lee Pace. I love Lee Pace. Yeah, he's cool. But, Make oh, better okay. decisions. I know. <laughs> oh, I know. Um, yeah, I honestly had never even heard of this mm-hmm. until it came up on like order sheets. 
yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. I knew about Framing John DeLorean because that came out in the city, in Toronto yeah. for like a few weeks run. And that also has reenactment scenes. In Does it? it? With Alec Baldwin. With <laughs> Alec Baldwin. Jason Sudeikis. I thought he was just like the narrator or something. Yeah. And then you look at the back, it's like, no, he's dressed <laughs> as DeLorean. Well, I didn't know John DeLorean's story that like he did like yeah. a drug deal to be yeah, able to yeah. fund his cars. I yeah. mean, make it a double bill, I guess, I guess and watch so. both I of them together. things about Framing John DeLorean, yeah. so maybe start with that. I watched a trailer and I went, mm, I know this movie, the yeah. festival like biopic totally, that it just right. comes out and you're like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and then we also have Itsy Bitsy, which is about a woman trapped in a bathroom. It was a killer spider after her. <laughs> I've seen some people who've seen it and said it was fun. Yeah. It supposedly plays it very serious. Okay, uh, that's interesting. It's a it new movie like that just a... came out. It was released by um, Shout, Shout Factory. Yeah. yeah, or Scream Factory, because it's a horror film. Uh. <laughs> but, you know, I actually hadn't heard about it until my friend pointed out. Disappointed it's not a giant spider. I know. <laughs> you know what's a great uh, spider attack movie? Arachnophobia. Arachnophobia. So good. I was definitely waiting to bring that yeah, yeah. Uh, Frank Marshall directed it and he directs it like Spielberg like on crack I usually like, hate Frank Marshall no he's like really director, boring eight like, below <laughs> oh god yeah but, but like, talk about movies that scared the shit out of me when I was so kid, scary you know yeah. like, but also it's like funny too it's mm-hmm. got like John Goodman it's like yeah. wacky I mean uh, at, at the end um, it's Jeff Bridges isn't it Jeff Bridges yep. yeah uh, when Jeff Bridges no. goes Jeff Daniels, Jeff Daniels. Uh, I always get him confused <laughs> I was like I gotta get this right yeah Jeff Daniels at the end he fights like one tiny spider in a basement yeah. it's so good it's all yeah. like Rube Goldberg style traps and like point of views and that one doesn't get talked about enough no, I, think. I actually plan on rewatching that this month it's oh, been do a while you? I've been thinking about it lately maybe because this was coming out like. um, we also have the I guess weekly Wellgo release Gangster the Cop and the <laughs> yeah. Devil which is actually supposed to be good yeah I actually yeah. watched it this week it's a lot of fun okay. it's like a mixture of like buddy comedy and like I Saw the Devil but like a little okay. bit more lighthearted. it's got everything that like classic South Korean cinema has like big fight scenes yeah. Yeah. and like a, a little too violent like the tone shifting left and right it also has I don't remember what his name is but it's like the big muscle guy that's in uh, Train of Busan as like the main guy yeah, he's great yeah uh, and he's actually going to be in like the Marvel movie The Eternals okay. like that's how much um, there you go. he's so charismatic yeah, in a yeah. weird way I mean, yeah, when you look like at his face you're like I don't think you'd be charismatic <laughs> but in the movies he's always great totally and it's about like a gangster and a cop who team up to take down like a crazy serial killer okay. who's like killing random people with a knife nice and then we have Diamantino D- uh, man it's taken a long time for this movie to come out yeah it did you know um, yeah it got a brief theatrical run for I mean I guess it's been what a year almost mm-hmm. exactly a year since it played at yeah. Kiff last year um Kino has got the the rights to it. Um, were you a fan of this one? I was not a fan of this yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell the way that you were like I dodging know. around like, it. It's, you know who is a fan? Sucks. My friend Peter Kowalski who played him and in you a know minute. What? It sucks because I really want to love this movie. Yes, like, me it's too. the kind of thing that I usually really love. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love absurdist comedy. Yeah. It's got some amazing special effects in it. So funny, yeah. And actually, for the first half hour or so, I was definitely mm-hmm. going with it. I mm-hmm. thought it was funny. Yeah. And then it just kind of turns into like. Warmed over Zoolander to me. I it does kind of turn into warmed like, over, over like Zoolander. Zoolander, like, uh, Zoolander, now that's a funny Zoolander's movie. Zoolander's great, yeah. Not Zoolander 2, though. No, I actually never even saw <laughs> that one. I know. I Billy Zane's I back. I do it. I know, I know. <laughs> I just heard it was so bad. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Diamantino, I know it, it's got a lot of fans, though. It's got a lot mm. of critical acclaim. Like, when it came out, people were, like, losing their mind for yeah, it. Yeah, people so. really like it. And you know what? Like, the guy who plays Diamantino in it is yeah. really funny. I yeah, he is. That. He plays that, like, Zoolander-esque dolt, like, yeah. really, really well. <laughs> who doesn't really know what's going I on. I just think the directors don't really know where to take their concept after a Yeah, story. it kind of runs it out of steam. It out into yeah. this, bo- like, generic action movie mm-hmm. climax that doesn't really work for me. But I'm glad that I could throw all the uh, critical negativity on you. Yeah. and then I didn't have to do anything. Yeah. No, but I can see, like, you know, it's... It, there's a lot there to mm-hmm. like. It just, for for me, it didn't come together. Yeah. But, I mean, for people who like the kind of, like, weird art comedy, it's worked yeah. for a lot of people. Oh, totally, so, yeah. yeah. And it looks beautiful, like I said. And people have been waiting a long time for it to come out. Yes. So yeah. Okay. And finally, we have Maiden uh, from Sony, and that's a documentary about um, some women that, I believe they sailed around the world. They or did, in yeah. a yeah, it's like a contest, yep. like a race that went on. It could probably be up for Best Documentary at the mm. Oscars this year. I feel like it's kind of the crowd-pleasing. Oh, is it? of the year. I haven't um, heard about it for a long time. Yeah. I remember when it was coming 
out. There was a bunch of press. Yep. Then it kind of went silent, and now it's coming out on DVD. Yeah, so. yeah, it had a theatrical run where I know a lot of people were coming to the store mm-hmm. raving about it. Um, when I yeah. saw it on the list, I was like, is that the Robert Pattinson one <laughs> where it's like a Western? And then I'm like, no, wait, yeah, that's, that's Damsel. <laughs> Which is okay. Yeah, it's, it's fine. I like that. It's a Western where the whole joke is that they speak yeah, like modern yeah. day. That's I like the director's previous stuff more. But what did the directors make before that? Zellner Brothers. Yeah. So they made uh, Kamiko the Treasure Hunter. Oh, cool that's right. Movie yeah, Kamiko the Treasure Hunter. True-ish mm-hmm. story of the Japanese woman who came to uh, yeah, America that's to right. find the, the, mm-hmm. the bag of money from Fargo that Steve Buscemi. <laughs> so, Maiden, if but, you need your documentary fix in, yeah. uh, check it out. And we also have big release 4K. Yeah, going back to the 4K here for a sec. Uh, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Yeah. As opposed to Mick Garris's The Shining. I don't want to get people uh, to be confused. <laughs> But yeah, in terms of 4K selling well, this is another mm. huge seller. We're blowing through copies. Are you a big fan of The Shining? I am, I am. I do say, I do admit the book is better. Wow! So you're I, more of a fan of the McGarris yeah. adaptation then. Well, I've actually never seen the McGarris very, adaptation. Very close That's to the book, yeah. You know, for very the longest time, look, I love the movie, I yeah. love Kubrick, and for the longest time I was like, yes, nothing. The greatest horror movie, movie. yeah. And then my girlfriend, who's a huge Stephen King mm. fan and is knows way more about Stephen King than even I do, was like, you gotta read the book. The, the, the book is good, better. and the book is very kind of, different. She's kind of meh on the movie, yeah. and I'm like, okay, I'll give this a try. And I read the book, and I was like, it terrified me. Like, really? The books usually do Oh God! Those yeah. topiaries coming alive, coming for me. <laughs> but I think just the the ment- because you really get, get into his, into head, his yeah. head more in the book than the movie. Mm-hmm. Not that I think the movie's bad because the movie is obviously a classic. Yeah, it's just a different thing. So yeah. I kind of feel like they're both different things. I mean, Kubrick like. Anytime he adapts something, he wants to make it his own so yeah. much. So he did get really far away from oh, Stephen yeah. King's novel. Because, like, if people don't haven't read the novel, like, at the end, like, um, Jack Torrance is, like, redeemed. He, like, yeah. sacrifices himself yeah, yeah, at the yeah. end. But in a really gruesome, gruesome scene. Doesn't he just blow himself up at the <laughs> no, end? No, 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 no. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of the TV <laughs> well, miniseries. That, that, yeah, yeah. He smashes his face in with a mallet. Oh, God, like, yeah. Like, in an extended scene. The other thing is, you know, a lot of people complain about Shelley Duvall in the movie. Do they? Yeah. How, like, hysterical she is. How hysterical she is. Mm -hmm. And I do think that Kubrick made her character weaker than she is in the novel. In the novel, she's a lot stronger to me. Mm, A lot different. Not as whiny and just just a lot stronger of a character. And Kubrick kind of just... I don't know why. I mean, not that it, like, bothers me to to the point where I don't like the film. But I can see why people have a problem with that characterization of her. Uh, so, but it's out on 4K Blu-ray yeah, and I hear and it, it looks better beautiful. than it ever I think has. they yeah. premiered this restoration at Cannes. Oh, did they? Yeah, like they did with 2001, Wait, I think. I hope it's in 4. 4x3 as Kubrick intended, I right? Actually, I <laughs> no, I don't think yeah, it is. Yeah. That was the first DVD I had of it. Though, yeah, all, like, all the DVDs oh, were in 4x3. Wrong with this? Yeah, but because actually, supposedly Kubrick thought that like TV was the future yeah, and he thought yeah. that everybody would watch it in box form. And it form. kind of works for me in 4.3, to be honest. Because it opens up the frame as well. Yeah, yeah. More claustrophobic. Oh, yeah. It's still obviously a classic yeah. movie. And uh, the 4K Blu-ray has the amazing uh, documentary that uh, his daughter shot for the movie. Yep. Very good. Oh, yeah. um, does she complain in the doc about Spielberg torturing snakes on the set of Indiana Jones? Or is that just an anecdote? Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. But there's like, you see like um, Jack Nicholson like practicing right before he's about to start like the mm-hmm. crazy scene. And he just casually, he's an actor. He's yeah. not like method or anything like that. Yeah. He's just like, all right, let's do it. And, oh, yeah. yeah. Great stuff. So as far as, oh, wait, no. I forgot one, which is, oh, this yeah. is a, a, an awesome release. This that, just came in yesterday. This I, is a I didn't really, even hear about it. Yeah. Uh, it's called uh, The First Nation Cinema, and it's a big box set from yeah. uh, TVA Films, which is a Canadian company, so yeah. it's only on DVD. And it's short films. Yeah, so it's from a collective called The Wapakonia. Yeah. Uh, group and I think they're yeah, like a traveling. Um, they are, and they collect a lot of yeah shorts from mm-hmm. First Nations filmmakers and screen them at kind of like yeah, like traveling film festivals, yeah. things like that. Um, I wasn't really familiar with this at all mm. until um, it showed up on our order sheets, and I just thought it looked really great because again, there's where, no First Nation First cinema. Nation yeah, cinema. I think we talked about this yeah. last week or the week before. And especially for Canada, there is a lot going on out there, and mm-hmm. it never gets a release. So kudos to TVA, because TVA doesn't usually put out big releases like this. They'll no. put out a lot of standard DVDs. They don't even usually do Blu-rays or anything. Yeah. This is DVD only, but it's a beautiful, beautiful box. Very um, um, reasonably priced oh, as well. Is, yeah. It's like the price of a Blu-ray, Exactly, right. And we do rent it as well if you mm-hmm. just want to check out a couple of the films and then 
then maybe buy it or yeah. yeah. I mean, if anybody is like like I'm a big um, Canadian cinema guy, this is like something that you need to have because yeah. even if you don't, this is something I feel like will just disappear and yep. people will be like, huh, wait, did that come out? Where could I see this kind of stuff? And it's like, oh, there was a DVD that was ages ago, but it's out of print. Exactly. So. That's the thing. I don't know how long this will last, honestly, because yeah. I don't know what the sales are going to be like mm-hmm. on it. Um, well, hopefully, if people are interested in this yeah, stuff, they'll come and come check, in and it, check out. it out. It's a really, really nice set and important to have. Honestly. Mm-hmm. And now we moved on to the best one. Nah, not really. Brothers, yeah. can you spare a dime? Which is a documentary from 1975 about the Depression, uh, filled with, I guess, movie clips from the yeah. stars of the time. Yeah, I haven't actually seen this one. <laughs> no, it's from uh, VCI and yeah. MVD. This feels like a, uh, I don't want to say like a baby boomer documentary, is, but that's yeah. what it is. Yeah, it's definitely got its fans. It's it's pretty popular here as a rental. Wow, really? Yeah, yeah. So I I had never heard about it. Yeah, it's so. been on DVD before and it mm. sells fairly well. Us millennials, um, we don't yeah. understand what the Depression Basically, era right. <laughs> um, people went through. Yeah. Uh, we've also got Necromantic one and two in a box set. Yeah. From Cult, Cult Epics. Epics. Oh, that's a cool box set that they put out. Yeah. So I think it's generally the same discs that were out before. I mean, they were those, great. Which were great. Yeah. Uh, they're just packaged together in this cool new set. Mm. Um, do, you, and, do you like Necromantic? Uh, I appreciate <laughs> it for what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Necromantic is about a woman that falls in love with a corpse. That's what it is. It's yeah, it's mean, got some it like what it is. dead alive style like splatter like people's heads are cut off yeah. in really goofy ways. I think it's shot on like Super 16 is, or like yeah. 8 mil- Super 8. Super 8. Maybe. Yeah. So it's got like a real grungy feel to it. Yeah. And uh, Necromantic 2 is like the surprise uh, sequel to it because yeah. it had a much bigger budget oh, yeah. and it was edited for like a long time. Yeah. I mean Necromantic what I think about it when th- is that amazing painted poster that yeah, came out, which is yeah. like the naked woman like touching the skull. Yeah, I mean, if you haven't seen these, these are like the definition of like weird cult film. Exactly. So. Yeah, I, I really like Necromantic. I mean, it's it's gro- I'm a sucker for gross, weird, mm. transgressive shit. But like, it's got a like a at least the first one. I've actually never seen the second one. Yeah. Um, but the first one has a sense of humor. Too, yeah. I think, it, the second one has pretty, a bigger sense of humor than the first one. Offsets some of the potential offensiveness of yes. the concept. So mm. yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, proceed like at a, your own risk. It's like an hour long too. So yeah, it's, it's really like, mm, short. Perfect. <laughs> and on TV, uh, we have Doom Patrol that just came out. Uh, if people are familiar was Doom Patrol the comic book. It was written by Grant Morrison. It was like one of the big like 90s freak out comics taking these like classic, uh, I guess golden age or maybe silver age uh, superheroes and putting them through like the psychedelic ringer. Yeah. And uh, this show is exactly the comic book. Like the showrunner that they got, I don't remember his name, but he was like a big movie fan. He used to be on like boards and stuff like that. Okay. And he adapts the comic in the best way, which is that stuff that takes really long, he just compresses like into like, oh, no, now it makes sense. It's not over seven issues. It's like one episode. Um, I'm shocked that you haven't seen this, considering that uh, your favorite man, Brendan Fraser, does the voice of the robot in this. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a superhero guy, yeah. so I just like. I mean, these are barely superheroes. Like, no, I know, yeah. I know. I just like when anything like has a tinge of superheroes. Yeah, to you're it, like, just, no, like, thank you. I was like, yeah, get it. I am too. It, I've heard good things cultured about, it. Yeah. about this. <laughs> I've heard very good things about it, and it actually got picked up for a second season. So it's yeah, also yeah, not yeah. like a, uh, I guess this is it. Unlike things like Swamp Thing, yeah. which was canceled before. Right. Right yeah. <laughs> which is really weird. Right away. Uh, I think it probably cost too much money. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that they're still putting stuff out on Blu-ray because yeah. you feel like it can maybe exist well, only Warner, in streaming. Yeah, Warner with their DC shows, mm-hmm. they've been putting them all out on DVD and Blu-ray, so mm. it's clearly a market for them. So now we move on to our favorite part of the show, which is when we recommend <laughs> DVD-only stuff. Yeah. So I'm going to go one with that's a little bit older, and it is Evil Dead Trap, which is a Japanese film that came out, I think it was, put out by, ah, I don't have the case in front of me, was it Unearthed Films? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Synapse? Synapse. Synapse I think it was right? Synapse. Think yeah, it was Synapse, and the movie's yeah. like a wild kind of like Sam Raimi-esque uh, giallo mixture with yeah. one of the most batshit like final two minutes you will ever see. Yeah. If people haven't checked it out, I recommend it. It's also famous for having one of the most like absurd commentary tracks ever, mm-hmm. and there's actually a warning that came in the DVD when you open up There was a little like, oh, like yeah, where yeah. we apologize for the commentary track right. uh, thing, which I've never seen before. Um, <laughs> And so if you guys need a horror film during the holiday season, I mean, we're about to recommend five, but yeah. Evil Dead Trap is definitely one I would uh, tell you to check out. Yeah. What do you got, uh, Mark? I got a more, little more recent DVD recommendation here. The uh, long-awaited return of Lindsay Lohan to the screen. Do you follow Ladies Lindsay Lohan's career closely? Uh, not really. I mean, I was a big fan of Lindsay Lohan's Beach Club, which is a great <laughs> reality TV show on about a year ago. On a year ago? Yeah. Ooh, that must have been she, rough like, runs, uh, she runs a uh, beach club in Mykonos, Greece. 
place that uh, like, <laughs> nobody rich people come yeah. to stay and it's about like a bunch of you know American idiots who come over there to like work at the beach club it's uh, <laughs> really great stuff it did get cancelled though oh, how season. many episodes six unfortunately no it, it lasted a full season of Whoa. like 12 13 or something yeah and does um, it burn? Does it end in a cliffhanger? I don't want to be disappointed uh, at the no, end. No, not really. It <laughs> okay. kind of closes it off. I mean, well, there's an opportunity for more <laughs> if they would have just done it. Lindsay, give a call Lindsay, to Mark. Come on. Oh Lindsay man, does not look great in the show. Oh god. But Do you anyways. remember that movie? Uh, oh, the article that came out of Paul Schrader working with her yeah. on the canyons. Oh, that was a great article. That is that a, a harrowing. Legend. Act. That was a legendary uh, article. Yeah, if people haven't checked out, just search. Uh, I don't remember what it's called. It's like Lindsay Lohan, yeah. the canyons. New York Times. Yeah, right? I think New York yeah. Times. Yeah, because wow, that article. I am. A big fan of the canyons. I, I really enjoy that. A big film. fan. I'm a big fan. Uh, I, I Brady really like Snell it. is such I a know. piece of. Ugh. He is. He is. The movie's just so strange. Yeah. It's like stagey in such a weird way. I love in that article. And I mean, yeah. There's a lot of problems. Like Brady Snell is yeah. Like James Dean is definitely yeah. problematic. Oh, James like, Dean. Do they talk about that in the article? I think they do a little no, bit. Or... Because all those allegations about him came mm. out after that, like two or three years after that movie came out. My favorite so. part in that article: Steven Soderbergh watches the cut and he's like, "Give it to me for 48 yeah. hours and I'll fix it." And I was like, Push <laughs> so angry. Yeah, this is such a weird... Anyways, back to the original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since, you know, since the canyons, you know, she hasn't been doing much. Um, but she's back in this hilariously bad underworld ripoff called Among the Shadows. Isn't it a little late for an underworld ripoff? You think so, you think so. But I don't think Lindsay Lohan cares that much No, uh, well, I don't think she produced it. <laughs> I mean, Universal has put the... And Momentum have put this out on DVD. Um, it is really cheap. It's filmed primarily in Russia, I uh-huh. think. And even though she's like on the cover, <laughs> yeah. her like face is big on the cover, she's not in it that much. She is a supporting role. And most of her scenes, except for one, I think, are done on a separate soundstage <laughs> with a green screen. She barely interacts with any of the rest of the cast who are like, no. Does please. she turn into a werewolf? She does not, Ugh. as far as I remember. Uh, <laughs> man. My, my memory's already so Her face is very me. photoshopped on it this cover. It is, yeah. She and, doesn't look very good in it. It's, uh, is this John Travolta from the <laughs> I Am Wrath poster? I know, it looks like it, but it's... Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. But uh, yeah, it's some weird, warring sort of like... Werewolves versus vampires in things. London. And there's like this political subtext too that just doesn't work at all. <laughs> it is really, really funny. There's some yeah. really like stupid, like hilarious sex scenes in it. It's With just Lindsay like Lohan? Pro- no, no, no. Okay. It's just like yeah. prim- no, no. Yeah, no, no. It's just prime bad movie cheese. Mm. Like honestly, it, it hits all those right notes of like so bad. It's good. what are your feelings of I know who killed me? I love I know who killed me. <laughs> okay. I think that's an underrated. I think somebody needs to screen that at like the really? Royal. I have uh, the DVD on my shelf, oh and my I keep God. like reaching for it. I'm like, I do like the director's The Lost. I did like The Lost a lot. Yeah. The director's really good. But you know what? I know Who Killed Me was one of my favorite screenings. I went to see that on a Tuesday, mm. like a cheap Tuesday at a Cineplex. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. I just thought it looked so stupid. Like, how could I not see yeah. this movie? It was packed. I don't packed. know why. Yeah, it was packed. Yeah. And everybody had a great time, <laughs> laughing, cheering. Yeah. Like, it was a. It was one of the best. Movies I think you may be overselling cinema. it for I, people. I might that... be overselling. It's a really. Like, have you seen it since? Trashy then? movie. Not in its entirety. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I've seen, like, you know, clips yeah. in there. I've watched I feel like again. I know someone did I Know Who Killed Me in Toronto recently. I don't know who it was. Oh, did they? Like, a, like okay. an eyesore or something Maybe, like that. Yeah. Smaller screening, yeah. I think, honestly, you put it in front of, like, a crowd ready mm. to, like, laugh and holler. It would actually... Kill? Really. It would kill. Yeah. Really well, that's why you kill. need to tear down half of <laughs> I know. Bay Street and you build a little cinema exactly. here. Exactly. Okay. So now we're moving on to horror movie recommendations. Yeah. Even though we're running basically the same time that we always do, <laughs> I guess we'll make this a little bit quick then. Sure. So uh, me and Mark, we just picked not even our fave. I don't know if you picked your favorite. I just no, picked five I'd recommend. Five yeah. Ones, yeah. So uh, do you want to start? What's sure. your, one of yours? I'll start. Um, I'm going to start with, uh, I'm a big fan of slasher movies, mm-hmm. so I'm going to start with kind of like when people rec- ask me, what's a good slasher movie that's not like a big one? Yeah. I always recommend Blood Rage. Uh, oh, Blood Rage is good. It's not the, the time. I mean, oh, it's almost I, time. It, well, you know, it's a Thanksgiving. It movie, is a Thanksgiving, and Thanksgiving movie. Thanksgiving in Canada is October, so. Oh, um, you're right. Perfect. I'm going to set it to that. Um, um, but I mean, it's got a bit more of a cult following now. Yeah. Arrow put, Arrow put it, really it out. That was one of the early of Arrow releases. Yeah, which we would definitely stock. Um, mm-hmm. It is just a lot of fun, mm. and it should have more of a cult than it does, I think. It's got a great performance from the lead. Uh, who plays two, two different roles. characters. Yeah. Two twin brothers. Uh, one Whoa. is 
four one, of them. Yeah, <laughs> two twin sorry, brothers. Sorry. Two brothers who are twins. <laughs> and you know, one of them's crazy. Mm, that ain't cranberry sauce. sauce. Oh, and it's got the greatest. Lo- I love how many times he says that. It too. has insane gore too. It does insane. Like really gore unsettling gore. Yeah, and just a really nice lack of self-awareness that oh, like beautiful. goes a long way. Yeah, it just it's fun. It delivers all the goods that mm-hmm. you want from a slasher movie. Yeah, while all the stuff. Like tons of hilarious lines and just like the most charismatically ridiculous leading who killer. actually does a so, really good um, uh, time pl- who actually does really well playing two different guys he does like yeah one you know of the what? weakling one of the and like and that's the thing when I first watched it for, yeah, like, you don't even know it's ago, two different I guys I thought it was two different actors yeah. for like maybe half the movie and I'm like no no okay that's the same actor but he plays them so differently uh, great cameo from uh, Ted Raimi selling mm-hmm. condoms in the first scene of course a uh, typical Ted Raimi rule <laughs> yep whoa 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 Ted Skinner Raimi has <laughs> yeah, been in yeah, features yeah. as well uh, so the first one I'm going to recommend it actually went through Bay Street Video to make sure that they either sold it or it could be yeah, rented that's kind of a uh, yeah because horror films it's like some of the ones that I always recommend are really obscure same ones here, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was like, there were a few I had I'm like, yeah, we didn't tell you where people can watch them. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to recommend Cemetery Man. Cool. Uh, it's one of my favorites of all time. Mikel Suave, the tail end of the Italian uh, kind of film, I guess, exploitation wave. It stars Rupert Everett as a groundskeeper at a cemetery who has to deal with when somebody gets buried seven days later, they come back to life, so he has to shoot them in the head. And it's not like... It's weird because it's like an existential kind of like journey through someone's mind as he starts to go insane. But it's also really wild, Terry Gilliam-ish kind of yeah. craziness. I got this on VHS. It was one of the first VHS I ever bought. And I remember my stepmom when it ended, she's like, I hope you didn't pay too much for that. <laughs> and I just love it. And it's not maybe because of that, but it is so great. It's so imaginative. And people that I feel like it not enough people know about it like tiff played yeah. it two years ago on 35 millimeter a free screening and there was like 10 people there yeah, so know. it's like not something people know about a bay street has the anchor bay it's dvd rare which is too. very rare like, i did not know it rental. was on dvd yeah. yeah it's been out of print for years mm. i keep thinking like an arrow or somebody i think it's a rights out, issue that's yeah. why it hasn't come out because i have the dvd that came out in the uk right um i think it's been like on blu-ray in germany and stuff like yep. that but nothing in north america that'll be a big one i feel i can already picture the screen factory like yeah, painted cover of it yeah. Honestly, I just I hope I so. Have to hold up it. All right, so what else you got? Uh, so I'll segue into some more, you know, burial Slasher. type stuff. Yeah, more, this is all slasher movies. Burial ground. Burial ground. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I was going to recommend. Um, I'm not a huge zombie guy, yeah. but like this one really speaks to me because it's got this like weird. Please let it be burial not, ground. It's burial ground. Yeah. Is it? It's burial ground. Yeah. Wait, I guessed it. Oh wow. You did guess it. So yeah, uh, I'm going to recommend burial ground, which is like an early '80s uh, Italian zombie movie. Yes. Feels that, Spanish. It feels Spanish. Well, yeah. but I'm pretty sure it's Italian. Mm-hmm. Um, that just has this really strange hypnotic dreaminess to it. It's a movie that, that like really starts me in. at a random part and just yeah, ends whenever like, it the ends. The thing is like a dream sequence mm-hmm. where zombies, it's like you're just at some house, yeah. some manor, and then zombies start kind of like coming up out of the ground and coming after you. And it's got some, a weird perviness to it that's like really uh, funny. It has the greatest <laughs> little the, person, Dario Argento great. imitator ever to grace the screen. Is so, yeah, so you might have actually heard about this movie because there was like a clip of it that went fairly... I mean, oh, is that when the, he takes a first, bite out of his mother? No, actually, the first time I heard about it, there was a clip going around of just like funny, stupid scenes where it just takes... There's like this couple getting it on. I think it's the mother and somebody mm-hmm. else getting it on. And they like stop because they hear somebody walking down the hall. Yeah. And they're like, oh my God. And the, the steps just go forever. And the shot yeah. lingers on this door forever. And then all of a sudden, it's just the little guy who, who comes into the room and the camera just zooms in on his face. And yeah. like, that's it. <laughs> you know what my one of my favorite gifts ever from a horror film is from uh, Mario Bava's Shock, which is his final film. Yeah. And it, my, it's a shot of the woman looking down the hall. And like yeah. her son is like wa- running toward running, her. And then he, go- he goes out of frame. And then a naked, bloody man <laughs> pops up. It is so good. That movie is great. I talk yeah. about underrated movies. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah. Uh, but like the little person in uh, <laughs> burial ground yeah. is not a, a child. No, he's playing a child. He's playing a child. It is so disturbing. It's so disturbing. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of strange incestuous stuff going on mommy, between mommy. him and his mother. Does he have a voice like uh, Bob does in House of the Cemetery? Mommy's yeah, something. Yeah, it's <laughs> like an adult like doing that. like trying yeah. to do a child's voice. So that was released on Blu-ray recently. Yeah, uh, Severin put that mm-hmm. in, in a really nice set. And um, you know what? It's it's bad a lot of the time. It's gross and weird, but mm-hmm. it does have like an artfulness to yeah. it, I think. And it does have this hypnotic dream sequence thing where it just feels like you're watching some like 
ridiculous bad dream, and yeah, I, I really like it. So, uh, I mean, if you like that, also Tombs of the Blind Dead is yeah. another great one for that kind of dreamy feeling. That's a good way to approach Burial Ground because I think when the first time I saw it, I was like, yeah. it's not what I want. It's like, kind of like a more standard zombie yeah. movie. It's gonna disappoint. Lots of people probably. tripping and falling in Burial yeah, Ground. Yeah, that's the thing. You have to. It's an experience. <laughs> it's it a is. Different kind See, it was friends. Yeah, because then you'll be like, what is going that's the thing on? I saw it at the Royal actually yeah. the first time three four years ago. Mm-hmm. Screened and it was great with a crowd. Yeah. So I'm going to recommend something that is from one of the horror directors who's probably been working the most consistently lately, Mike Flanagan. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm recommending Absentia, one of his, it wasn't his first movie. I believe he had made two no, or three feature yeah. films at that point, yep. but it was the one that got him attention. He did like a big crowdfunding thing. And it's just like a really like low key shot in his apartment with his uh, pregnant wife at the time, mm. now divorced, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is weird. His producer as well. Yeah. He married the starlet of one of his yeah. movies. Mm. Um, but this one, it's like not even a ghost story either. It's like yeah. a weird demon troll thing. Yeah. And it's really good. It's like creepy. He's just in control of everything going on. And it's one that I don't think people talk about enough. No, I feel like it's been lost. Uh, yeah, even since. though it has an amazing cover, which is not from the movie, no. which is the classic woman being dragged into something. That's the thing. I feel like the cover hurts it a little bit. Yeah. Because I remember when generic. it first came out, it just looked, oh, here's another like generic DTV mm-hmm. horror movie. But then I read a bit about it and watched it. I'm like, wow, this is actually... Really it's good, good. It, yeah. It reminds me of stuff like, you know, because the location is that suburban kind of. Yeah. It feels like, you know, making a movie with your friends. It like is. A suburban. And it was making a movie with his exactly, friends. Exactly, yeah. And they got Doug Jones one day to show up. I know. Up. And he's it, good. He's it, good. It's all about, like, the creepy, like, um, you know, in suburban areas, like tunnels yeah. between things, and that's like a big part of uh, the movie. Yeah, and that's a big hook for me, at yeah. least, because there were a lot of tunnels like that where I grew so up. So creepy, and it, yeah. They always, always creeped out. You know what great so. movie has a tunnel like that? Impossible Horror, available uh, yeah, at uh, Base Street Video. Available Base Street for well, let's say. Sorry, <laughs> I, uh, I already, I'm sure it's on your list, yeah. so I'm, I'm jumping the <laughs> <Of> gun. <course. laughs> so what's your third one, Mark? Uh, I'll go a little bit more uh, recent, too. <laughs> that's um, right, more so obscure. Then, yeah, more obscure. Um, I'm going to go with a German film called mm. Hagazusa that came out fairly recently. Nah, I think that if you show me the cover, I probably yeah, recognize it. Yeah, so it's released by I think, Doppelganger. Oh, it's a witch one, right? Yeah, so it's mm. a lot like The Witch. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's German, and it builds itself as like a gothic folktale. Yeah. And it's got this like, it's it's kind of the same sort of period horror thing as The Witch, but with it's a lot more, and I love The Witch, it's yeah. a lot more of an atmospheric mood piece, though. Mm. Uh, more than The more Witch. More than The Witch, even. <laughs> it's got this like, Buckle heavy, up. like, Prague rock. Oh, I love that. It yeah. goes over the whole Damn. Yeah, yeah. It's really, really cool. Um, and yeah, it's just uh, about a woman. And it takes place in like three different time mm. periods. It's like a woman as a oh, child. Really? She witnesses her mother yeah. who's dying uh, get kind of possessed by a demon. Mm-hmm. And then it jumps forward to like when she's older and maybe she's going to be possessed by the. She's kind of a loner in this town now. Mm. It's really great. If you just kind of go into it blind, expecting. I'd never really heard of this movie till we got it here, but it had like beautiful artwork. Yeah. The DVD and Blu ray and everything. So. I love it when people are like, it's slow, because that like prepares it is slow. people. Yeah, it's definitely and a slow. And then they can be burn, like, oh, it's not as slow as they said it was. That's yeah. usually the reaction when you like. <laughs> exactly. But this one is slow. This one's slow, but if you like kind of slow mood piece stuff, it does climax in a kind of like mm-hmm. big sort of trip out. Yeah, things, you know so. which one that reminds me of is people didn't talk about it because the delay for so long was the Devil's Candy. Yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. good one too. Actually, yeah, I like that. that yeah, was, that was fun. Available at Bay Street Video. Yep. Yeah, uh, right. So mine is. You, I think you have this on DVD. You probably still have Blu-ray copies of it. Speaking of Mick Garris, Sleepwalkers. Love Sleepwalkers. <laughs> Sleepwalkers is like the ultimate trash Stephen King film. He wrote the script. Yep. It was an original script. I think it was a big deal at the time that he had never yeah. written an that original was, script. Yeah, it was right. Yeah, and it's just like an incestuous relationship between like cat people essentially like Val Newton's cat people that live in a house and cats also hate them (laughs) that like if they stay anywhere long enough that like cats will start like coming after them and they have to sit like trapped oh because I think if a cat touches them they burn (laughs) oh it's so good it's packed as effects it's bananas Mm -hmm. it's like constantly like a need to please like just gore splattering all over speaking of crummy one liners oh boy Sleepwalkers is filled with them this is like the perfect example of people often say that like you cannot translate uh, Stephen King dialogue to the screen yeah. because he uses like um, repetition and weird phraseology does, yeah. that when you have actually people say it it sounds wrong mm-hmm. and it does sound wrong in Sleepwalkers but because the context of it is so wacky it just works perfectly oh, yeah. I don't think it's one people talk enough about enough no people kind of think I don't know most people I know just think it's bad but yeah like, it's not it's not it's a lot of fun yeah I, uh, amazing morph sequence yeah great effects <laughs> 
<laughs> when he's driving the car and his oh, head yeah. starts to morph into a oh, bunch of God. different and monsters. The performances I find like Alice Creed, Creed, the yeah Alice Creed I, who plays kind of like the lead, the matriarch, yes. Patley is so good in it. And um, it has what's her name, the um, woman from Twin Peaks, Matchinamic. Yeah, Matchinamic. Uh, in one of her, I guess it was kind of her first big post film, Twin Peaks, post right? Peaks yeah, film role. There's like um, a great shot that starts the movie. It's like a big long one mm-hmm. that goes into like a theater and she's like dancing. Yeah, because she works at a theater. Yeah, the theater, like yeah. Old timey movie. Yeah, old timey movie theater. Yeah, it's got a lot of nostalgia for like mm. old time movies. Yeah, it's it's a great film. <laughs> and yeah, so check it out. I believe you have it for sale. I think you have an old DVD as well. We have a DVD for, for rental yeah. and the Show Factory Blu-ray. Yeah, which is we, great. We stock for sale, which sells really well. All right, so number four. I'm going to go for some more 90s horror, I think. <laughs> Disturbing behavior. I've never seen it. Oh, you've never seen that it. That was like one of the '90s. Like I saw the trailer a million times. Yeah. So you know, I actually because I was a big fan. Like we all were. Yeah. We all grew up in this '90s. Uh, How does it compare to the faculty? Because I love the faculty. I love the faculty too. Yeah. Um, it's similar to the. Faculty. I wish it was the faculty yeah, too. <laughs> it's similar to the faculty. I just feel like it doesn't get the love that the faculty. Mm. I'm not even. I don't even think it's better than the faculty. Yeah. Necessarily. It's like I'd different, it's, right? It's just a bit different, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't get the love that I. Is think it? It's it not should. a remake of that Australian film, Strange Behavior. No, is it? it's not. Okay. It's own thing and it's kind of a similar thing where it's yeah this new kid moves to mm. a new town it's like on an island yeah it's james marsden and he goes to this new school <laughs> i love james and marsden ev- there's this obsession with being perfect like there's all mm-hmm. the jocks and the cheerleaders and then it's one by one like all the kids who are like the grungier kids are like mm. they start to get like one night they'll like disappear and then yeah. they'll come back to school the next day and they're all like they're all like jocks now I just remember wasn't the cover uh, like a needle going toward an eye yeah that was part that was like a screenshot it, yeah because yeah. like that haunted me so as a kid so it's kind of like this plot where like oh the school they're like changing all the students to be perfect yeah yeah like, step forward wise yeah it's like a step forward wise kind of yeah. thing but for teens Nick Stahl is it <laughs> Nick Stahl early, playing one of these, where did Nick like, Stahl go he has a uh, I think he had drug problems, right? A lot of drug problems. He disappeared for weeks. Like this was a few years ago. He disappeared for weeks, and his wife put out like a call to find him, and they found him in a hotel room. Really? That's brutal. Yeah, he's actually not doing so well. Okay, but see him at his uh, prime. But you know, he's got a great monologue in this where (laughs) he he introduces James Marsden to the school and tell like. Yeah. It's kind of like a Mean Girls-esque thing. Where like, <laughs> here's where these kids sit. And these yeah. kids, but it's really well done. And you know what? It's just, it's a lot of fun. It was written and directed by, um, oh, the guys guys from the X-Files early. Oh, X-Files yes, yes, yeah. James, um, James Wong. James, uh, yeah, Glenn Morgan and James Wait, Wong. Wait, they didn't direct it, though. They didn't, no. They wrote it. Yeah, yeah. And it was directed by <sighs> Jeffrey Reddick, who uh, also directed X-Files. Okay. Episodes. I was going to say so, that. I forgot last week. I did have a Blu-ray that I wanted to recommend, an old one that you have here. It's yeah. the Willard Screen Factory oh, Blu-ray. Yeah. Willard's an interesting film. It's I don't, I don't know if it's great. I just think it's yeah. solid for what it is. It has an amazing documentary on the disc yeah. where um, it's like 90 minutes, like uncut. Mm-hmm. Like the director cries after a test screening because it went so badly. Yeah, yeah just great. And I really like the remake of Willard. I think it's yeah, it's good. really fun. I think Christopher Clover yeah. owns it. I mean, I, uh, speaking of Glenn Morgan, I actually love Black Xmas, but I'll talk about I, that know, more I do too, around actually. the holiday I season. I am apologist for Black Xmas. Um, but yeah, just <laughs> Behavior. Give it a check. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of the first movie project that these like mm. big names from the X Files yeah. did, and it's really great. Honestly, check big it fan out. of the Forgotten too. That's a oh, '90s one, yeah. isn't it? Like vampires, I <laughs> yeah, think. Yeah, the Forsaken. Right? Forsaken. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, the Forsaken. That one's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the, for nostalgia reasons. It's I fun. love uh, urban. Man, I love the strong word. Urban Legends. Final cut. Which I'd, has have you seen that recently? I have. Though? I okay. watched it with friends. Wasn't as fun as I remember. Yeah, still has <laughs> the most amazing end twist it of does. why the killer is murdering. It people. definitely <laughs> does. Um, yeah, I just found it didn't hold up for me as much mm. on a recent rewatch yeah. as it did when I was a kid. But it's still it's fun. The best scene in that movie is actually a reshoot, and you yeah. can tell because it's completely unrelated to anything <laughs> else that happens in the film. Yeah. Uh, so my number four is a little Canadian film called The Crescent mm-hmm. um, that played at Midnight Mass a few years ago. It only came out on DVD, I think, in Canada, right? It did, yeah. yeah. Just kind of a perfunctory DVD release mm-hmm. from Echo Bridge. I so guess. I heard yeah. uh, somebody who works uh, for Raven Banner who distributed it, yeah. they were like, a Blu-ray's coming out! But yeah. that was two years ago, so I doubt I that's going to happen. Yeah. yeah, we have a direct line with Raven Banner, and mm-hmm. they haven't mentioned anything to us. About and it's so. just like this great like little film. Uh, it's about a woman, her husband passes away, so she moves with her son to like a be- like a really weird-looking beach yeah. house, and just just weird shit happens. It's if people have seen the Sigh of Evil, it's mm-hmm. very much like that. Um, yeah. It has its own kind of like hypnotic feel to it all. There's like there's an art form that 
they use in the film. I don't know what it's called. Uh, it's like paint, dripping. It's marbling. Marbling, it's called. Yeah. That is, is yeah. kind of serves as the backbone of the film, which is kind of great. Like yeah. these weird. Halluc- and it has a great score. It was actually done. Oh, what is it? It's Seth is the director's name. Uh, I don't Seth remember. Seth A. Smith? I yeah, Seth A. Smith. Yeah. He's a musician, yeah. uh, mostly. So it has an amazing score as mm-hmm. well. And uh, yeah, it was just forgotten. It played Midnight Madness. It yeah. got bought by Amazon for $100,000. Because really? they had a deal that if you play TIFF, you automatically get bought by wow. Amazon for 100 grand. Okay. Okay. And Amazon, I think that's one of the movies that actually caused it to be like, we don't want to run this program anymore. Because yeah. they're like, we don't know what to do with this. <laughs> right. uh, so what's your number five? Uh, my number five is going to be, I'm a big fan of Larry Fessenden. I know he's kind of mm. like a big-ish name in the yeah. uh, horror scene now. But I just want to want to recommend a Larry Last Fessenden Last winner? Film. Uh, I would, but we actually don't have Last Winter for rental. Really? I don't know what happened. I think I have it on DVD. I'll just bring it over. Totally, yeah. Um, Because I have the box set. Yeah, I have the box set, too. Um, But anyway, Larry Fessenden is a legend in the indie horror Mm -hmm. scene, if you don't know who he is. And Shout Factory put out a great Blu-ray box set of his films. Yeah. Um, which is just awesome. Um, I'm going to recommend Wendigo. Which yeah, is an, I was going to be like, are you going to recommend Beneath, if Killer no, Fish one? No, I'm not a huge fan of Beneath. <laughs> yeah, Wendigo. I've never actually seen it. Oh, uh, Wendigo is yeah. very cool. Early 2000s. It was kind of the starriest film he had at that mm. point because this was him coming off of Habit, which was his big... Oh, which was I his love indie, Habit. Yeah, vampire movie from the late 90s, which he kind of like self-promoted himself mm. he like screened it in new york and it gained like a big cult following so with his follow-up he got some stars so patricia clarkson's in it and uh, i want to say jake weber who's mm. kind of, but also the kid from malcolm in the middle yes malcolm, malcolm in, the in the middle's in it that's uh, right in it and um it's just a really cool it, it takes off from a lot of native american myth making mm-hmm. and it um it's a really cool kind of like you can tell he's taking a bit from the shining a bit, yeah a bit from other like 70s 80s kind of mystical horror film stuff and it just is a really creepy slow burn mm-hmm. of, of a ride about a family that like to a family who's just comprises of the the parents and then the kid from Malcolm in the, in the middle, middle yeah. who go to this like cabin for a vacation but the parents are kind of like there's some tension there mm-hmm. and they have some they get into some like beefs with the locals or these hillbilly types and it just kind of there's this mystical thing that's going on around them that the kid kind of senses yeah. and they can't and it just uh, it's a really cool like slow burn of a yeah like Larry Fessenden is a guy that his inspirations are like art house cinema and like 70s new wave or 90s new wave which he was part of because mm-hmm. he stars in uh, Kelly Reinhardt's first film yeah yeah he his, yeah. Bu- him and his busted teeth yeah absolutely <laughs> and I mean I watched Habit without really having seen I had seen because he glass eyed picks he releases a bunch yep. of films he mostly serves as a producer now well, that's the thing yeah I'm not a big fan of those usually yeah there's a few I think that are mm. really good but yeah, yeah. like uh, Ty West um, Ty West it? stuff is good Stuffy. yeah uh, you know what I like the innkeepers out of Ty and nobody likes yeah, the innkeepers I like like half of the innkeepers well the ending is like, bad yeah, the, the ending is, is really bad of yeah. the innkeepers which is a bummer I really like Trigger Man the Ty West <laughs> what I have yeah. never heard oh, anybody say they like Trigger, I like Man. Trigger Man that DVD haunted the know, Bay Street um, bargain bin for a long time there's another cool movie you produced called I Can See You though too I've never heard I of that one. Oh no I Can See You yeah directed by, by Graham Resnick, Resnick the, the audio sound guy sound design on a mm-hmm. lot of Fessenden's films and it was um Came out a really nice DVD from Kino. Yeah, I have that. 3D, 3D glasses it in it, too. Yeah. Anyways, that's really cool. But, yeah. Wendigo's great. Wendigo's but Habit great. is really good, too. Yeah, uh, anything from Fessenden's great. It's great. Last ha- Winter is great, too. Habit is a great one where it's like, you're like, is it a vampire? Is it not a vampire? Yeah. That question is answered very uh, clearly yeah. in the last uh, section of the movie. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, if people don't know Fessenden, yeah, Screen Factory put out an amazing box yeah, set of they his did, movies. Yeah, which we do stock, uh, I believe, for sale. So, if you just want to go all in on Fessenden, yeah. buy that set because it's loaded with short films. Mm-hmm. A lot of extras. It's just yeah. it's a great set. I actually, even though we were making fun of it, I have a soft spot for Benice because it's, I've, I mean, I don't know if it's his intention, yeah. but like it's about a bunch of people that go on a boat, get trapped in the middle of a lake, and a yeah. giant practical fish, practical fish which starts is, attacking it's them. It's fun to look at, yeah. The thing is, they are the most hateful people they in are. the world. They're yeah. the worst. They really and suck. I think that when you think about it that way, these like hateful people kind of self-destroying them and the fish being just like a yeah. um, symbol of that hate, mm-hmm. uh, I think the movie's more entertaining. Yeah, He's obviously really like pro environmentalist. Yes. A lot of his film Wendigo is mm. last winter is big time. Yeah. Um, and this is, I guess, to some degree too. Beneath. Yeah. Um, so ha- you great get decapitation in the movie. Are, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, I'm excited for his new one. Uh, oh, his Frankenstein movie. Yeah. yeah, which I can't wait to see. Why uh, isn't that being released in the holiday season? I know. I know. So my last one uh, is a vinegar syndrome title. Somehow we've gotten through this without mentioning any of them. Yeah. Is uh, Demon Wind. Oh, I've never seen this. Uh, one. Which has the most amazing title because it sounds like a fart. Um, and had a 
a cover that I think the eyes lit up or made noise that yeah. had a famous VHS cover. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was known as like a lame Evil Dead ripoff. It's actually pretty amazing. I think you would really like it. Um, it has like it aliens and they're like tons of practical makeup effects. <laughs> there's like a magician. I think there's dueling magicians in yeah. the movie and like friends and they like play tricks on yeah. each other. Super gory, super imaginative. Uh, Vinegar Syndrome obviously did an amazing release of it. So I recommend checking it out. It has an, uh, an amazing cover where the monster that's on the cover does not appear in the picture. <laughs> but there's a it's lot of monsters. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of monsters. It has one of the most bonkers ending where you're like, wait, what? This character was what? So I recommend checking that out. So, I mean, that's 10. We made that's it through it. 10. Wow. Oh, jeez. Uh, I feel like if we have any more light weeks, we'll probably be recommending yeah, more horror films. More. It's easy we'll stuff to do. Uh, so, as per usual, Bay Street Video, where's it located? We're at uh, 1172 Bay Street, mm -hmm. uh, Bay and Bloor in Toronto, Ontario. And you can visit BayStreetVideo.com. There's like a list of new releases yep. that are coming Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Uh, make sure to subscribe and review us on iTunes. We're officially on there now. I checked. I know. We're there. We're People there. have been having some difficulty We're finding time, us. We're big time, baby. We're <laughs> yeah. big time. Be the first person to review us. Yeah. So, check us out. Subscribe as well on whatever podcast app that you use so you can just see every time that we come up, you're like, ooh, a new one to listen to. Even if you don't live in Toronto, I mean, if you made it to the end of the episode, bravo. Yeah, but know. like, hopefully, we recommend some movies that, yeah, you know, just, and you'll be talking. very well informed when, you're, when your friends are like, what's coming out? You can exactly. be like, oh, I know exactly what's yeah. coming out. I listen <laughs> to the Bay Street video you. podcast. That sounds like a commercial we should do. We should, <laughs> like, yeah, we got a commercial. Have you, been, have you ever been at a party and someone asks you, what have you seen <laughs> that's new? And you're like, I don't on know. DVD, yeah. specifically. <laughs> yeah, specifically. Yeah, on DVD. I don't have a Blu-ray player. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see it, the real digital yeah. version. Listen to the Bay Street Video Podcast. Also, I'm going to, um, I guess, shill some events yeah, that are coming let's up. let's do it. Um, Laser Blast Film Society, something that I uh, program with Peter Kaplowski at the Royal Cinema. We're doing Tammy and the T-Rex. Cannot wait for this Have one. you seen it? I've never seen this. Wow. No cut. Yeah, I've always wanted to. Yeah. But then I heard there was this legendary gore cut out mm. there, and I'm like, ah, I'd really like to see that cut of it. Yeah. It's just like never out on DVD. From the director of uh, Mac and Mac Me. Mac and Me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which we famously, I think we talked about this on a podcast, did, that yeah. me and Peter found the uh, gunshot from yeah, Mac and Me. Yeah, hilarious. And uh, so Vinegar Syndrome was actually putting out uh, the gore cut of the yeah. movie which has I've seen the gore cut it has like basically a minute of like absurd why were you shooting this kind of violence movie yeah. I can understand they were like oh it was a joke but it is like I think it's John Carl Buechler effects mm -hmm. yep. and they're like real like gnarly like people's like g like stomachs are ripped open <laughs> like heads are crushed yeah. and the story is just like an existential nightmare it's yeah. like a Harlan Ellison's I have no mouth but I must scream <laughs> where Paul Walker dies I think he's mauled by a lion Okay. okay. <laughs> and then his brain is put in a giant robot T-Rex wow. body. And then I love but, it already. <laughs> he, but he's still conscious so he can like uh, he can like call people on the yeah, phone okay. and he and Denise Richards um look for a way, like they want a new body it just kind of runs out of steam at the end so okay. looking into the history of it I heard that it was only made because somebody told the director that they had a T-Rex for a week so they're oh, like alright we'll make a movie around it reason to make a movie and Denise Richard is like going all out like she's acting her, her heart out and Paul Walker obviously is not in it that much but uh, he has a very funny scene where he gets into a ball grabbing fight yeah, with a guy I saw that in the trailer you guys get together and it's like <laughs> so um, that is happening on October uh, 10th. It's a Thursday. Yep. And it's an amazing double bill because right after that, Death Spa yeah. is playing and Neon Dream is putting that one on. If you haven't seen Death Spa, it's really fun. Yeah. Like, it's a it's a splattery 80s horror film. And then it's I'm also doing, oh man, so many plugs, uh, a 24-hour horror movie marathon. It's yeah. called The Mind Melter at the Grand Girard on October 26th starting at 6 p.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, 6 p.m. on a Saturday to 6 p.m. on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. And we're not announcing the lineup because I want to surprise people. I'm not even to say the movies okay. even my introductions I will like just kind of talk about why I programmed it not say the title because I want people to be like yeah. I want to hear like oh that's to come up way. from the yeah, audience that's the best way to do it and I mean uh, it's broken up into four sections you can go online I think it's it's harrowing horror because I'm playing I've uh, programmed marathons before and the lesson I learned is you play the serious stuff first yeah. that's when people pay attention harrowing horror hallucination horror that's midnight to 6am where people are like what's going on yeah. and then hilarious horror and Halloween horror Halloween horror being party movies not specifically Halloween themed. I just needed something that started with H, yeah. so they were all H stuff. Yep. It's twenty bucks. That's so cheap. Oh That's like God. nothing That's for nothing. like. I think it's fourteen movies at the end of the like, day. Come on now. And it's free if you stay deal. up the entire time. Amazing. Uh, I may have programmed it in a way that I do not want you to stay up <laughs> 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 to get that around cash. four a.m. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 
But I can say that every movie I program, I would give four stars. So I pick like only movies that I genuinely love. Okay. So yep, check it out, nice. Grand Gerard. I'm going to mention it every week until leading up to that. So and then for yeah, next week's screening, uh, Bay Street Video will be there with a table too. Yeah, um, of all curated kind of, stuff, a curated table for both Tammy and the T Rex and Death Spa. We'll be hanging mm. out all night. So yeah, come great on stuff. By. Yeah. All right. Almost so out. until next week, I'm Justin Glue. And I'm Mark Hansen. Thanks for listening. Thanks. We need like a tagline. It's like, keep on renting. We got, yeah, you know what? That would actually work. <laughs> that would work. <laughs> or buy. No, buy. No, renting has more money. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> These movies and many more are available at your local video store.